Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Negro Police Radio. I'm your host, Chris Allen. <clears throat> How's everybody doing? Uh, glad to be back. And as usual, off the top, I want to take the time out to thank each and every last one of you for tuning in, downloading, streaming. However you take in my podcast, I appreciate it. Welcome back. Yes, <clears throat> there was no podcast last week. There, there wasn't. Um, I recorded something. I can't remember how long it was, but all I know that it was it was very angry, and I was very upset. Um, I was a lot of things. I was I was scared. Uh, I'm tired of it. But uh, just just as a parent, what happened is just um, it, it it really it's uh, it really hit home, man. Uh, and I'm talking about the shooting that happened in Texas. And yeah, we're, we're talking about kids the exact same age as my son. Okay. So it, it hits differently. Um, but I'll, I'll get into all that. I'll get into all that. And I was just, I was way too upset. Um, I was just yelling and screaming and I just, I, I didn't want to put it out. Um, I still have it. And I know I have a few listeners. And if you would like to hear it, I would definitely, I can upload it because I don't remember what I said. I can upload it and um, send you a link. So if you are interested, just email me at negropleaseradio at gmail.com if you want to listen to it. Um, but I, I think today I'll be able to um, talk about it with more uh, calmness, uh, thoughtfulness, mindfulness, and a lot more has obviously unfolded. So, uh, yeah. I haven't watched a lot of it. I, I've I've kept up, but I just I can't watch it. But I'll I'll get to it. So I'll start with my milestone, and it, it'll flow right into it. Uh, for those who don't know, I we have a nine year old son. His name is Miles, and uh, he just finished the fourth grade. And we're really excited. And and ironically, the same day that the shooting happened, we were also at my son's school at his award assembly. Um, at first they had both classes both first and fourth grade classes there. And uh, they, they gave out awards, um, you know, A and B on a roll, all that type of stuff. And uh, I was pr- very proud of my son. He he, he got on a roll, uh, A, B on a roll. I was very, very excited. I really thought he was going to get the math award, but he didn't, which is completely fine. It's completely fine. I, I just assumed that he would, would have. Um, but <clears throat> after the ceremony, his class stayed behind and his teacher had them hand out awards one uh, for themselves. They all had to give themselves an award. You know, it was just like, I read this many books. I got better at fractions. I'm a good friend, th- that kind of stuff. But um, it was just really cool to see, you know, and and to juxtapose it to, is that the, is, is that the right terminology to use? To juxtapose it, to to put it up against what happened in Texas, man, it's just um, it's even more heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. I I think that's what it is. It's the fact that I was actually with his class the same day, and you hear their names, you see the faces, you just see how knock kneed and skinny and awkward and weird and dorky and you just and just and overall just how innocent these kids are, you know, um. Throughout the ceremony, they were so excited for each other to win awards, you know, whether it was perfect attendance, A, B, on a roll, uh, athleticism, whatever it may be. They were just really pulling for each other. 
Uh, and it was just, it was just nice to see. They were all excited, high-fiving. And they all had like uh, certain kids would come up and they would have a little inside joke or a nickname for somebody and they would all giggle and stuff. And it just, um, it just, just brought me back to those days of, uh, of school. And yeah, I get it. You, you hate it or it's, it can be traumatizing. It can be scary with bullies and all that kind of stuff. But there were, I would say time for most of us. If I'm hoping all of us, you know, and uh, I got bullied. I was afraid a lot of times too, but there were some moments in school where I would just really enjoy being there, uh, being with my friends. And yeah, I, I enjoyed school. My, my thought process back then was I have nowhere else to be. Like I used to have friends that would skip school and stuff. Even in high school, I'm like, but what are y'all going to do all day? There's nothing good on TV. I, I just never saw, unless you were getting laid or actually doing something, I never really saw the point of skipping school. It's like all, all your friends are there, you know? And for me too, dude, TV, TV was huge, man. Huge for me. And the summertime sucked for TV. I, I hated daytime TV. So I, there was no incentive for me <laughs> to stay home and, and do what? You know, now that, now that I think about it, I'm trying to, nothing, nothing pops out in my head specifically where I'm like, I should skip school and stay home and play video games all day. As much as I love video games, I just wasn't that kid. And I played a shit ton, but I was never a kid where I was never like, uh, I'm going to stay inside and play video games. I I would have rather go out and do something. And video games were very limited back in the day. Very limited. But we would play Mario. And a lot of times people didn't have two controllers. So you, you're just playing by yourself or taking turns. Somebody might bring a controller over. over. But if there were two controllers, I would say 80% of the time, the second controller was fucked up. A certain button didn't work. So it was really not that fun a lot, a lot of times where I, where I grew up at <laughs> with my friends in my neighborhood. Uh, yeah, we didn't, uh, we didn't play. We didn't sit around playing video games all day. We did play, but we did a lot of other shit. But um, yeah, I, uh, all right. Sorry. That was a, a, a short digression, but um, man, so we, we, the award ceremony was great. We had a uh, it was a, it was a good time. Uh, I really like attending events with my wife, especially school stuff. Um, one because because of him, I, I know I know he likes it, and I want to be supportive. But also the overarching uh, thing is that black parents want what black fathers really aren't present and that uh, we're not really involved in, in their schooling, their rearing, whatever it may be. We're just not involved. And uh, that's why I like attending these, uh, these, these events with my wife, just to let people know and let him know first and foremost, first and foremost, to let him know we are there for him. But I also think it's a good thing that people see uh, black couples together supporting their child. Now, if you happen to be a single mom or a single dad, hey, it is what it is. But, you know, 
two parents. That's the thing. I'm not trying to say that I think I'm better than anybody or we're better than anybody at all. I'm just saying we like to go out as a unit to support our son. And um, I, I just try to help out at the school when I can. You know, whenever there's a field trip and they need extra money, I try to give them a couple dollars. You know, um, I I think about and I do that because of this. I think about my dad and my aunts and uncles. OK, they were one of 18. I mean, he was one of 18 and uh, they grew up very, very poor. And my dad told me if it wasn't for the benevolence and 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 grace and kindness and um, the spirit of giving and other people, then a lot of nights they wouldn't have had anything. You know, whether it be food or clothes or shoes or, you know, uh, money to pay the, the, the heat. You know, my 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 father and his siblings, they really relied on um, the the kindness of others and on each other as they got old enough to, to work and all that kind of stuff. But that's something my dad really instilled in me is trying to help out when you can. And it's really, and what's funny about it, it's not something that he ever, um, not that I can, nothing that sticks out in my mind, but I just remember my dad always helping and giving. And I, I think I've told this, I can't really call it a story because it's not that very, it's not very long. But um, back in the day, my, my dad had a really good job out of high school. He went to a, a trade high school and he was in the printing business, which is almost absolute, obsolete at this point. But uh, when he got out of high school, he had a pretty good job. And into my high school years, he still had that job. He made really good money. And um, I didn't know that because he was very thrifty. My dad was always worried about the other shoe dropping. Again, that, that upbringing of not having, it made him a saver. But um, I want to say it might have been my sophomore year. He ended up losing that job. And I was worried about not going to the school I went to anymore. I went to a private school, but, but my, he made it work, man. He, he didn't have a job, but he had enough money to make sure all three of his kids stayed in private school. Like, that's how well my dad planned. But. And I didn't know this because they they my parents kept a lot from from us. I got to get out of this camera. I'm fucking up to Anyway, so I didn't know this, but growing up, my dad was kind of like a go-to guy in the neighborhood. And people looking back, I, I see what it was. People saw that my dad was doing a well or he's doing well for himself, you know, gone every day. Yard kept up. Kids look good. They go to private schools. He, my dad is, is the type of guy you can just tell he's got his shit together. He's like a he's like a black um uh shit. Ooh, what's his name? Ooh. Why am I Hank Hank Hill? Jesus Christ. I'm drawing a blank on Hank Hill. He's like a black Hank Hill. But sorry, another digression. But people in the neighborhood would come to my dad for help financially, you know, and he would get people money. My dad's not a dummy, but he would help people out. And this is after he lost his job. Someone came to him asking for a little help and he didn't have it. He cried. This man cried. And my dad really didn't show much emotion uh, as a kid. But my mom told me that he was so upset that he couldn't help that he cried. And he told me a story um, 
a couple a few years back, I was going through something and uh we had a real heart to heart one time. And he said this is after he had lost his job. He was waiting for my sisters to walk up from school. We were all walking back from school. And my sister Kelly, she had like a little jacket on. I think it was a hand-me-down. And that might have been a, a little too small for her or something, but she put it on. And my dad said the sight of my little sister wearing a jacket that was maybe a half size or a size too small for her, it just, it devastated him. He broke down into tears. He was just like, I cannot provide for my family. My Look at my daughter's jacket. Like, that's the kind of pressure that my dad put on himself. And uh, I, as I get older, I, I realize that's where mine comes from. It doesn't look exactly the same. Um, I can say I I don't have the work ethic that my dad has. I, I don't. At least I will say this, at least not in the in the realms of where he was. Because I'll say this, I really truly never had an an actual job that I liked. My dad liked his jobs. I've never had, other than stand-up comedy, I'm trying to think, in the military, I had fun at my at some of my jobs because I had a lot of my friends there, but I never really liked what I was doing. I don't think I've ever liked any job other than stand-up. I've never liked anything that I've done job-wise. It's, it's never been fulfilling to me, but um, comedy is where uh, I found my, my space. But my dad, he put that into the, all the jobs that he worked, his yard, his home. Um, he was always fixing things. Um, yeah, he was just he was just always busy cleaning, uh, fixing, uh, rearranging, making things needed. Like he was always decluttering, uh, and I, I think that's probably because he also has ADHD as well, <laughs> and that kept him busy. You know, just being in the yard, always fixing things, working a ton of hours. Yeah, man. Um, but sorry, uh, again, yet another uh, digression. <laughs> um, but I, I, I'll say this: it, it, it was um, it was tough that day. All right, just just going to that ceremony, seeing all the kids. Uh, I was so proud of my son. He got A and B on a roll. He also got um. Oh, to me, I see. I, I I I I went back too much. So each student in his class, they had to go up and go. Hey, I'm giving myself this award. And then after they gave themselves an award, the teacher would then read what all your, what some of the your your peers, classmates had to say about you, which was which was great. They all got a positive feedback from their classmates and their peers. And uh, everyone said that Miles is funny. He's hilarious. He's he's a funny guy and he, that, he, that he's very smart. And like uh, one kid even said, he's like the smartest kid that I know. He, he always knows all the answers. And uh, I got to say, man, the whole funny thing, he likes to be known as funny. He really does. You know, good at video games, he likes that. A good smile on his face. But when you tell him he's funny, he he really lights up. He really does. 
I think being funny really means something to him. Um, and uh, that that felt good, man. And just knowing that the apple didn't far, uh, fall far from the tree. And uh, so, yeah, so we um, we took him home. And uh, that was his last day of school. Actually, no, the next day. So I thought it was going to be his last day of school. We get home, you know, uh, all this kind of stuff. Turn the news on, see what happened. And I'm, even though I know that tomorrow is probably, well, at the time, the next day, was probably the safest day to send your kid to school. But there was the mind fuck that millions of parents had to endure the morning after that tragedy, you know, to get up and do your whole same routine that you do every day, whether it's bath, showers, cooking breakfast, all that kind of stuff. And then to like walk your kid to a bus stop or let them walk out or drive them to the school. I mean, you're doing the, the exact same thing that 20 other players, 19 other sets of parents or parents were doing just 24 hours before. And now their child is gone. I even saw uh, they showed some footage of the kids from the day before where the seniors from the high school came to talk to them, talk to them about their future and what they wanted to be and all that kind of stuff. And it's just a, it's just a tragedy, man. And um, it's um, I'm trying to think. I I agree with the with the uh with the words. Now wasn't the time to have the discussion. I agree with with the words. Look, I'm a gun owner. I own several guns. I own an AR15. The, you know, infamous AR15. Do I need that? I don't. Do I want it? Yes. Should I have to explain why I'm exercising my rights? No, I I I don't. People don't have to explain why they're using their rights. They they truly do not. And it's just so weird to me how people just flip-flop on this whole thing. Now, I saw somebody, they posted this. This isn't my original thought, but I agree. Someone was saying like, um, oh, with the when the Ukraine thing happened, Everybody's just like, oh, all the liberals are like, we, we got to arm Ukraine. We got to arm Ukraine. We got to arm Ukraine. But over here, it's just like, we got to take guns from everybody. It's just like, look, I understand every situation is, is, is different. Okay? But I will say this. Taking everybody's guns, one, that's not even a thing. So the fact that people even have that discussion is dumb because that's not going to happen. The genie is out of the bottle. No one's taking your gun. Okay? If gun control happens in this country, I've said it before, it is going to come for the from the right. And you won't they won't have to come get anything. Those people will willfully hand those those, those guns over. They will. That's how this shit works. That's how it works. But, <clears throat> all right, so we want the liberals, they, oh, we arm Ukraine. Everybody got to have a gun in the state. Let's get rid of guns. No one should have a gun. Either you believe people should have guns or people shouldn't have guns. 
I agree. Some of the shit we have, it's bit of it's a bit of overkill. I I really want a, a FN scar heavy. I really do. Do I need that? Absolutely not. Why the fuck do I need a semi-automatic? What is it? A, a 308 <laughs> or 30? I think it might be a 308. Epin scar, scar heavy, heavy. I I do not need that firearm. I don't. What the hell? There we go. Yeah, seven six two. That's a big. That's that's a big joint. Yeah, man, the seven six two. That's that's a big one. I don't need that, but I think it's dope, and I I love to shoot guns. I, aesthetically, I think it's very pleasing to look at. <laughs> I, I like it. I I think it's dope. Do I need it? No, I I don't. Should I have to explain? No, but I feel the same way about like abortions. People shouldn't have to explain why they're getting an abortion. People shouldn't have to explain why they're carrying a gun. But look, and I, and I say as a gun owner, I, I say I agree with the words just because at that moment in time, me as a gun owner and owner of an AR-15, it is not time for me to defend that weapon when there are 21 people laying dead because of because of it. Now, I, 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 I also like it's not mine. It's, that's not my gun. My gun just didn't get up out of the closet, load itself, and then start killing people. It didn't. But I, I agree with people. A conversation needs to be had. It, it's pretty fucking easy to get a big-ass rifle, a semi-automatic uh, military-style rifle. It's pretty easy. As long as you keep your nose clean, most of your life, well, yeah, your adult life, Depending on what state you live in, you can walk out with one in an hour. Yes, and you, and you can do awful shit with it. You can. I I I, I agree, myself included, man. I, it was it was it was too easy. I I can't admit that as much as I love guns, as much as I support the Second Amendment, it is very very easy. It is almost too easy to get a gun. It it truly is. But I'm also one of those people, I believe that if you take guns away from good people, only bad people will have them and use them. And I know a, a shit ton of people do not like that. That's how I feel. But let me also say, I am not, I am also not only, only a good guy with a gun. You have to be prepared for that type of shit. I, I don't believe in that because look at Buffalo. There was an armed security guard in that store. Outgun, he's he died. You have to be looking for that. Okay? Just just because you have a gun, that doesn't mean you can't be killed or you can't get snuck up on. I mean, and the people who feel that way, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. And I'm like, well, a war should be the safest place ever because everybody has a gun. And everybody's being vigilant. So Based on a lot of these people's uh, logic, the Ukraine should be super fucking safe. Everybody has a gun. 
It's not. It's not. That's not the case. I. I. I, I don't. I. I. I just don't believe in the, the the hero gun thing because it's just. Yes, it does happen from time to time, but you, you just. This the stars have to align. Okay, first of all, to be in, involved in a mass shooting, to be in the in the wrong place at the right time, to be a victim of that is absolutely insane. And the ch- the the numbers probably pretty high when you when you just look at the numbers, but to also to be a part of, to be present during a mass shooting, and then to also have another person who is well trained, who knows what they're doing who has the right weapon and skills, capability, angle, opportunity to take this person out before uh, it gets really, really bad. Also highly unlikely. So you have an unlikely event that you are unfortunately a part of. And now you want yet another very unlikely event to happen where you have a hero with a gun that's going to come and fucking John Wick and save everybody. And again, I know it's happened in the past. But more often than not, there is not someone there. There's not someone there with, with all with all those uh, uh, prerequis- prerequisites. Well-trained, combat experience, you know, a lot of range time. All that kind of stuff. Someone who's going to be truly effective. I mean, look, look what happened. The fucking, uh, the cops didn't even go in. Don't even get me started on this shit. Don't even get me fucking started. These pussies. They literally stood outside while someone slaughtered children because they didn't want to get shot. This is what happens when you put law enforcement up on this pedestal and I'm all about appreciating first responders and all that kind of stuff. It's a hard job. It's a thankless job. It's a dangerous job. But people are not honest when it comes to police and policing. There's not everyone on the force, everyone in the military, every doctor, every fucking uh, EMT, every first responder is not a good person. Let's just, let's just, let's just, Put that out there. Everybody that is a cop, first responder, EMT, that doesn't mean, military, that doesn't mean you are a good person. It does not. That doesn't mean that you are a moral person. It doesn't. As much as we want to think that because people hold these jobs, that it means that they're um, they're more thoughtful. And all, that's not the case. We would like to think so. There are a lot of very thoughtful, selfless um, uh, people who sacrifice in those fields. There are, but everyone isn't. A, everyone isn't perfect. Everyone isn't a, isn't a good person in these positions. With all the clout, with all the leeway, with all the fucking bootlicking and dick sucking that people do when it comes to police officers. This is the kind of behavior where you have these guys, they won't even go in to save children. They're thinking about themselves first. 
We've supported these people blindly to the point where they know I matter more than anybody else. As long as I'm as long as I'm okay, people will be happy. A cop didn't get hurt. I'm sorry. I've said this before. As a and I wanted to be a cop. As a cop, it is your fucking job to run into the fucking fire. Run into the danger. That is your fucking job. And if you're if you're like, I want to see my son, my family, get the fuck out of that position. Get out of that job. It is not for you. It is not for you. Yes, I'm not saying that police officers should just put themselves in stupid situations and get themselves killed. I am not saying that. But when you have a lone gunman shooting up a school and you won't go in, there's a problem. It's to the point now where that police department isn't even cooperating with the investigation anymore. They waited 40 minutes to go in before a Border Patrol guy went in and shot this guy. But hey, everybody gets to walk around with their fucking uh, flat, flat dark earth um, baseball hat. They got their flag jacket on, their jeans. They're walking around with this fucking decked out uh, mini assault rifle with all types of rails and 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 um, fucking optics on it and shit. You get the you get the you get to hold it hold it and look cool. You look like you might be fucking some type of special forces or plainclothes uh, narc narco. I get it. You you look fucking cool, dude. You look really tactical, tactical and tactical. All right, with your fucking sheriff patches and your badges and your fucking shades and shit and then the next day these fucking assholes you come out with your starch shirts and your big fucking cowboy hats all right like you some kind of fucking cowboy sheriff back in the 1830s and y'all didn't do shit you didn't do a fucking thing you didn't do a fucking thing Y'all sat back and let little kids, eight, nine, ten-year-old kids, get fucking slaughtered by a monster because you didn't want to get shot. But you let kids. And there were reports of cops running in, grabbing their own kids, detaining parents who wanted to go in. What the fuck is up with that shit? This is what happens when you get the blind support. You feel like you can do no wrong. They let kids die and people are still like, well, you know, hang cops, you know, fuck that. If you're afraid to die as a cop, get the fuck out of that job. Get out of the job. And I'm not saying throw your life away, doing some dumb shit. Oh, I see some gang activity and there's nine guys over there. Hey, let me go over there and and, and swing my big, cop dick around and get killed. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. We're talking kids here. I I, I think that's, that's worth the sacrifice. And th- that's how, you know, the GOP is full of shit, man. This, and it's just so, so the timing in this is just, I don't, the timing of it is just, it's very, it's just weird how shit works out. I don't want to use the wrong words. 
But all this Roe versus Wade and, the, and the, these right-wing people, we want to protect the sanctity of life. What about kids, kids, children, kids, children? You care so much about kids. You care so much about cops. But you want to protect life so much but th that you're willing that you're willing to just let this shit continue. You're, you're still going to kiss cops' ass. You're still not going to criticize them. You're still not going to want to have a serious talk about what we can do about guns in America. And I, like I, I said earlier, I'm not about taking guns from people. I'm not about gun control because criminals can get guns very easily. Look, and this is what this is something that really bothers me about right wing people. Whenever you look at people of color, whenever you look at a liberal problem or, or, or a problem you see, you deem, yes, coming from the left, the solutions to those problems are, are always so black and white, you know, so black and white. Oh, welfare, we can drug test, get rid of it. Do this, do that, pull yourself up. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. Everything is so black and white and so simple when it comes to problems that they uh from the looking from the looking at problems from the other side. But the moment any problem involves them, it it, it becomes a, well, <laughs> this is this is this is way too complicated. We I mean, this could take a while to talk about. So what? That's your job. Well, it's 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 more than just that, you know. Uh, you want to get into that? We gotta let, let's do it then. No one said it's going to be easy, and that's the ironic part about this. The right wing people claim to have this this work worth ethic, and like nothing nothing worth having is uh what, what's the saying? Um, nothing worth nothing easy is worth nothing hard is worth having. I can't I can't think. I'm too fucking stupid. I'm too dumb. I can't even think of it. Basically, they're saying that everything that you work for, it'll pay off in the end. All right? It, it, hard work pays off in the end is what they're saying. God, why, why can I not remember that, that easy saying? Is it because I'm trying to rush through it? You know what I'm trying to say. It's, 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 you put the work in. You 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 reap the benefits. Nothing nothing good comes easy. That's what I was trying to say. Nothing good comes easy. You got if you want something good, you have to work at it. And I think the same thing goes for legislation. If you want something good, we really have to sit down and talk about it. And that's the thing. A lot of these right wing people, they don't want to have a conversation. They don't want to have a conversation. Because they're going to hear some things about themselves and what they believe. They're going to hear flaws in their thinking. They're going to hear that everything that they think isn't actually correct and factual. They don't want to go through that. It's, it's too painful to hear that they might be wrong. So they would rather just leave it how it is and just ignore it. Because, I mean, we're at this point where we're just, we're just making shit up about why, why their school should. Oh, we don't pray in school anymore. That's that's the problem. We don't pray in school. Oh, we we've gotten away from God. That's that's the problem. Really? Oh, we don't we're not we're, it's just stupid. We don't use bread boxes. You guys notice ever since we stopped using bread boxes or ever since uh, uh women stopped making kids lunches things up it's just like you start to find these 
stupid ass connections. You want to find any and everything else that could be the cause. You don't even want to look at yourself. We don't want to look at ourselves. Right wing people definitely don't want to look at any of their beliefs or what they stand for to go, you know what, maybe, maybe I am wrong, or maybe we should think about things a little bit different. You don't you don't want to challenge your way of thinking at all. And I, I honestly I can say the same thing about about liberals, but the thing is we ain't talking about them right now. We're not talking about them right now. It's a it's a tough topic because I can see both sides of the argument. And liberals, you gotta decide. Either guns are good or they're bad. <laughs> you got you gotta you have to decide. For those who want to get rid of guns, you have to decide. You either you, we either gonna arm Ukraine or we're gonna get rid of all all guns. Okay, because if you 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 take a society that's never shot a gun before, no one no one has guns, and say some shit does does go down, and you go, you know what? We need to issue our um our population firearms. Now you're gonna have fucking people afraid to use them, and first of all, don't even know how to use them. All right, I, and I, and as much as I love guns, I I don't like how the right associates this freedom with guns. It's just like, oh, I'm free. I got gun. That's to me. That's a weird symbol. That's a weird symbol for freedom. It 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 really is. I I I don't get it. As much as I like them, I I don't I don't get it. It's just your, I don't know. That doesn't that doesn't sit well with me. I don't I don't equate my freedom with a gun. I I, I don't. I, I just don't. Um, I like I I like the fact that I can have them. But to equate freedom with with me owning guns, and and. I don't get it, man. Just the right wing thing of like freedom is, is religion and, and and guns. God and guns is, is freedom. How? That restrictive ass book. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. This is why I don't like doing these podcasts for this long because they, they get weird. Um, but I just it's, it's it was a, it's been a tough week, you know. As a parent, I can't imagine what those parents are going through. But it's it's been a lot to think about, um, you know. Thinking about my relationship with my guns. Do do am, am I going to get rid of my guns anytime soon? Absolutely not. I, I'm not. But we do need to sit down and have a conversation about it. And one thing I would really love to ask the liberals who want to get rid of guns totally. You're also the same group of people that talk about how white supremacy is uh, rampant in America. America. So now you want to get rid of guns? What am I supposed to do as a black person with all these white supremacists and hate groups running around? Am I supposed to be unarmed? Are are you going to help me? Are you going to be there for me? That is why I have my guns, because yeah, you don't know what the fuck is going to happen. I am uh, severely outnumbered (laughs) where I live at. And when this pandemic happened... All this shit that's going on, this this replacement theory shit. Why the fuck would I not arm myself to protect my, me and my family? Now, the likelihood of that happening, 
probably really, really low, but I do have um, means to protect myself and my family. So, uh, it, it, push come to shove. I, I got to go down fighting, go down fighting. But I also realized, too, states where you can't get these guns, guess what? This shit doesn't happen. And again, as much as I love the Second Amendment and guns and all that kind of shit, that's kind of hard to, um, that's kind of hard to argue with. So we got to, we're, we're adults. This is, if you're a politician, this is, this is, it is your job to figure out what it, what, what we're going to do. I don't want to hear, oh, it's going to take two. No, we, we, you were elected for a reason. This is what your job is, is to get with other people and figure this shit out. Well, I feel like I've rambled enough. I'm sorry at the end. I, it might have went all over the place. This is why I took a week off because my mind w- was was going to so many different places. Uh, so much going through my mind. Upset, angry, confused. What do we do? Should I get rid of my shit? Um, you know, just just all just all kind of stuff running through my mind. And I'm pretty sure for millions of other Americans too. But I'll say this and get out of here because I said it when I started talking on this topic. I do agree with the words. Now isn't the time. It it is not my time to defend uh, a weapon that killed all these kids. And I understand it doesn't make sense. It's not my gun. I have one out that looks like it. I understand how that makes people feel. But I think as gun owners, people who own uh, assault rifles, with large magazines. It is, I think it's our duty to at least sit down and listen to what these people have to say. That fucking hurt right now. We should at least listen to what they have to say. With that being said, there's a show. That's the show. Oh, oh shit, real quick. Um, um the final star tonight. And I was totally wrong on that. I I picked um I picked uh, the heat over the Celtics. And um, they shit the bed. I just, I just can't. It's, I, and I like the Celtics. I said that too. I really like that team. It's just something about them. I cannot cheer for them. I cannot root for them. Uh, at, at least in the Eastern, in the, during the Eastern Conference um, playoffs, I, I cannot. So the table is set. Game one is tonight. We have the Golden State Warriors versus the Boston Celtics. Um. I'm looking forward to the series, and I'm an East Coast dude. I do not dislike Steph Curry at all. I think he's a great player. He's changed the game. I think he is uh, one of the best to ever do it, the best shooter the league has ever seen, one of the most exciting players to ever play. Uh, And it was hard for me to admit that because I'm a big fan of the era that I grew up watching. You know, the late 90s and the early 2000s. Like, those those were my, the 90s and the 2000s. Those were my dudes. Reggie, uh, Ray Allen. Like, all, all those dudes. It, and it's, it was a little tough to hand that torch over. I, when, when Steph came in the league, and I was like, yeah, he still ain't Ray. He ain't Ray, though. He has surpassed Ray by leaps and bounds, man. And it was, it was hard to admit, but I admitted it. And, uh, I'm just enjoying watching some of the greatest basketball players play. Um, And with all that being said, 
I as hard as it is for me to say this, I'm going to pick the Boston Celtics to win the 2022 NBA championship. And the MVP. Hmm. MVP. MVP. It's going to be. All right. I'll, I'll say this. L. L. Horford has been balling. The likelihood of him getting the finals MVP, probably not likely, but he's an old head. I really like Al Horford. It will be cool to see him put together um, a nice final and win MVP, but I know that's not going to happen. That's 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 me wanting the, the old guy to do some shit he can't do. <laughs> Al Horford, he's not that guy. He's not that guy, but he's he's had some really really big big games. That's that is like a pie in the sky, some crazy wild shit. But I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go Tatum. Tatum will be my first pick for uh, Finals MVP, and depending on how well Marcus Smart does defensively, I think he might have a little chance. But I'm gonna go Tatum. Um, my wish, Al Horford. That is way out there, but Al Horford, Al Horford. Jesus Christ, that's my. Uh, that is my. Um, that's my long pick. I don't know. I don't even know what you call it. that's. That's my one in a million pick for a Finals MVP, Al Horford. Um, but I'm gonna go with Jason Tatum and number two, uh, possibly Marcus Smart, depending on how uh, things go for him. But Jason Tatum. 2022 NBA NBA Finals MVP and 2022 uh, NBA Celtics. Oh, Boston Celtics will be champions. All right. Make sure you guys follow me on all social media at Chris Allen Comedy, A-L-A-N. There's a show. That's a show. I'm out. Peace.